In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace be yours in abundance, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. When our first baby was born, life changed. Already things had begun to change, especially for my wife as she carried our first child and nurtured her. But that wasn't like the change we experienced in our lives with having to take care of this little one outside the womb. There were the diapers and constant feedings, the trying to calm and soothe the baby, the watching and holding. Our schedule was turned upside down. When I went back to finish my last year's seminary, we couldn't do what we did before. We needed a bigger space. We had to obtain childcare so I could go to class and Angela could work. We had to have more doctor appointments and we had struggles and frustrations that we never had to deal with before. Our world was different. Our lives were different. Our priorities and order to our day was changed. In a far greater way, in an even better way, Jesus' birth changes all our lives as well. Certainly, Mary and Joseph's lives took a direction they did not expect. This is especially true for a firstborn child. Life is going to be different. There's no way around it. In fact, God's commands in Exodus regarding firstborns drives this home. God says a firstborn male belongs to him and is to be set apart and redeemed by a sacrifice. For some firstborn male animals, it is they that are sacrificed. Others are to be redeemed, as are all firstborn male children. This setting apart of the firstborn had to do with God's rescuing of all the firstborn males when he brought a plague on Egypt that killed the firstborn sons. God set apart those that were spared as his. In this way, his whole nation and people were set apart. He considered the whole nation to be his firstborn. In fact, Exodus four twenty-two to 23 records God telling Moses, then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. God claimed Israel as his firstborn son and enacted a sacrifice for redeeming the firstborn. Jesus was the ultimate, final, and last sacrifice. He was the firstborn son given to save and redeem the people of Israel. Jesus was the firstborn Israel whose birth changed everything because with his advent, there was true hope for our redemption. Because Christ Jesus has come as the new firstborn to die in our place, to graft us into Israel, who is God's firstborn, we all have a new life. We have a new and better way to live. This new life and way of life is detailed in our reading from Colossians chapter 3. In this passage, 
Paul explains that we have been chosen by God and are holy and loved by Him. As God declared His love for Jesus most clearly at Jesus' baptism and transfiguration, He also declares His love for us whom He has chosen in the waters of baptism. These waters are where He clothed us in His Son's garments. He clothed us in Jesus' holiness and place as His firstborn Son chosen and loved. But not only have we been clothed in these, but there is more to this garment and life of Christ that He put on us in baptism. This is a life-changing garment, for our hearts and minds are changed. Our identity in life is changed. It no longer functions and works like it once did. Our life has changed to be concerned about others and how we interact with others is different. Look at the list that Paul gives us of what we have put on in Christ. We've been clothed in a new life. This life is one of compassion and kindness. Let's just stop there for a moment. This new life is one in which we are moved out of concern for others. Our hearts are turned to help and care for those around us. I've seen this in you as you pray for one another and lift up the concerns of others to the Lord. And not only that, you also exhibit kindness as you help one another out in harvest, planting, caring for cattle, making meals, and much more. Rather than only taking care of yourself, you consider the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ and the needs of others in the community. This leads us to the humility and meekness that God has given you. You recognize your place in this world under God's reign and rule. You know how the Christ child's coming has changed everything, and you live as his servant, not thinking more highly of yourself, but valuing everyone else as precious to the Lord. This means you are considerate of them and not boastful of yourself. This helps us to be patient with one another and to bear with one another and forgive one another. We know the forgiveness that Jesus came to bring us. We know how He has not given us the eternal death we deserve, but rather that He has washed us clean of sin and evil. As He has forgiven, so we also forgive those whom we have complaints against. As He has put up with all of us, so we also bear with one another. For He has clothed us in His great love. This love unites together all these virtues and gives them the proper place because love unites them and us together. Love is the bonding agent that holds us to one another. Now such love is not a feeling. This love is God's gift of committed self-sacrificial action. This means that we as God's people consciously declare and decide to care for and look out for one another. This means we give of ourselves for them. It also means I will sacrifice in concrete ways like when a mother gives up sleep to take care of her child. Or a husband gives up some activity he loves to care for his wife. 
Such love is not only to which you have been called, but what I've seen practiced at times. These are the gifts that God provides for you to wear in baptism. These gifts detail your new life as you live with Christ and as you live under his reign and rule. For Christ Jesus came to be our new king. The king of kings has come to bring you peace. This peace starts between you and him. You can have this peace in your heart knowing that despite your sin and problems in the world, everything wrong and evil in your life has been settled by God. The king has come and he brings a reign and rule of reconciliation, of setting things right, of giving you a new beginning and place in his kingdom. It is his presence, not the gifts he gives, that truly define this new life he has given to you. And Paul reminds you of that today as he instructs you to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Colossians 3.16 Like a baby coming to dwell in your house and change your life, so Christ comes to live with you and in your house. Through his word, he abides with you. This is why we sing hymns and psalms and chant pieces of scripture in our services. We're encouraging one another in God's word, bringing the word into the ears of our fellow believers that Christ, the word come in the flesh, might dwell within them. We also speak and teach one another God's word and admonish those who go against God's word. For we want Christ to be with them. And his spirit is in his word. Christ is present here today by his Holy Spirit. Christ is in our midst for you. As Christ came at Christmas and dwelt with us, so through his word and by his Holy Spirit, he continues to dwell with us. He is here for you. Why then do we neglect dwelling with him? Why do we sometimes act like our life has not changed? Why do we return to that former life that was centered on our wants and desires? Why do we let our desires lead us away from Christ Jesus and life with him? And instead of letting the word dwell in us, we push him aside for our own words or, or for the words of mankind around us. If God for a moment treated creation as we treat the word of the creator, then the world would fall apart in absolute chaos. If for one millionth of a second God failed to uphold it as we failed to honor him, then it would disintegrate into nothing. Thankfully, God does not treat us as we have treated him. No, our Lord does the most amazing thing. He comes and dwells with us. He strengthens his presence and commitment to us. He acts in true love, sacrificing of himself just as he decided and promised to do. He is committed to bringing his creation back to himself. He is fixed on rescuing. And he does. What we lost in the garden 
God dwelling with us. Our Lord and God has reestablished. He has come into our world and carried to the cross all of our neglect of his word. He nailed our sinful desires to the cross. He put our former life to death. Now through his cross, by our baptism, our old life is erased and our new life has begun. The Lord has shown you and me mercy and grace. God has shown you favor. He has favored you despite your evil and sin. He has chosen you and clothed you in a whole new life. He dwells with you in his word and in his sacraments. He is truly Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us as his word comes into our ears. He is with us in those baptismal waters. He is with us at his table by his grace. We are with him. For by his coming, dying and rising, he has moved us to walk with him and to live in the new life he has given to you and me. We live here in this world in a new way. No longer trapped by our sin, but living life in and under his name. Thanks be to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.